Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Good morning. This is the Frank Skinner Show on Absolute Radio. I'm Emily Dean and I'm standing in for Frank this week because he's gone on holiday. He's gone on a lad's away day with Pete Doherty and Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> that was what I last heard, so I don't know what could possibly go wrong there. We love you and we miss you, Frank. Uh, you can text us as usual on 81215, where you could personally, Frank, or our readers could, or you can tweet us at Frank on the Radio. I'm joined today by the legendary Cockrell, Mr Alan Cochran in the house. My uh, tummy just rumbled, I don't know if you heard that. I did but, hear it and yeah. I didn't want to say anything. It seems to happen at the start of every show, but most of the time nobody notices, but today I've outed it. As someone working in the international fashion industry, I want to congratulate you on that rumble. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> Sound of hunger. Yeah, I suppose you hear a lot of that in, in the uh, fashion business. It's kind of my theme tune. <laughs> we also have um, the rather wonderful Mr Steve Hall. Hall in the house. Hall in the house. Nice. That's, that's an awful 1970s sitcom. <laughs> that I'll one day make a time machine and create. Uh, we've already actually heard from the outside world, but they, um, they didn't know that you were on, Steve, uh, at this point. But uh, we've had a text, hi, the Cockrell and Miss Dean. Uh, knowing he's a friend of the show, I just wondered if you'd seen the pictures of the former BFM after he lost 46 stone. His achievement is very impressive, but he now looks like an elephant crossed with a flying squirrel. That this is, is Britain's true. fattest man. And that's from Dandyman, who's a regular texter, and says, P.S. Good luck with the show. I'm sure you'll be fantastic. All the regulars are with you. I'm sure that's for you. Oh, Emily thank you, Dandyman. I remember, somewhat controversially, you were a fan of the Beano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a lovely way to compliment the Britain's fattest man and then take, snatch that compliment back. His <laughs> achievement is very impressive, but he now looks like an elephant crossed with a flying squirrel. It is, but he, he has done it, and so, you know, good luck to him. He is a friend of the show of sorts. Well, I'm glad we've kicked off with BFM. <laughs> but it's lovely to have you both here. It's lovely to... Steve, you're less... You're not even a friend of the show. You're more civil partnership status now. Mm. Excellent. It's, fi it's finally legal. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I have to say, I'm very excited to be doing this today. Although I feel a bit like... You know when Eamon Holmes takes over from Pippi Schofield? Yes. Like on day... What is it they do this morning or daybreak? I feel a bit like that. But a friend, people often give you advice and people were saying, oh, are you nervous? I said, no, no, it's great. I'm looking forward to it. And one friend said, oh, yeah, I think it will be great. He said, it's like, you know, when DJ Spoonie stood in for John Peel? <laughs> he said, oh, yeah. He said, look at him now. I said, well, I'm trying to look at him now, but no one knows where he is. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to have slightly higher aspirations. But I think before we need to do anything, I think we need to talk about Alex, don't we? Sir Alex. Yeah. Sir Alex. Saf. Because people... Call. Saf, yeah. Saf on Twitter, Is that his nickname? It? Well, it's his acronym, I suppose, isn't it? But, but, but it does make him sound like he's on sort of Made in Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> people always get sacked when Frank's off. Which doesn't bode, because, well, not sacked. The Pope wasn't sacked. Can I say now he wasn't no. sacked? He chose to walk. They move aside. Yeah, 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 they move on. But what did you make of it all? I think, I think it's amazing. But one of the most amazing things about it is that it turns out Sir Alex Ferguson is older than David Moyes. That's... Like, <laughs> yes. It wouldn't actually have surprised me that much if Moyes had resigned, uh, retired, and Fergie had taken his job. Sure, surely. I mean, he's 20 years younger than him. I know, but to be fair, Sir Alex, he looks good, doesn't he? He's doing all right. Moyes, I think, is like me. He's one of those people that folk look at and go, drink water, please. I think I'm getting the Moyes-type wrinkly eyes. 
but he's probably a nice bloke. I don't see any like similar. Him. I wouldn't describe him as a Luco likey for you. Yeah, <laughs> there's a dour Scotsman. Well, Mo- Moyes looks very much like my father-in-law. Is that right? Uh, so, so I'm now I should be mortally offended that you've just <laughs> described him as looking so rough. Because <laughs> I'll have you know, Ken Gregory is a handsome man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's not. I've handsome. seen that written on many toilet walls. <laughs> I have to say, I like. You know, people were kind of coming forward and they were paying tributes. And I liked Joel Glazer, one of the chairmen. He said, "I will always cherish the wonderful memories, like that magical night in Moscow." Yeah. Which I think personally should have remained between them. <laughs> people are away. They're on business. They get lonely. What goes in Moscow? Exactly. Stay. What, what happens in Moscow stays in Moscow. I agree with that. <laughs> But, um, well, it's been remarkably sober, a lot of the coverage, because I, I, I'm currently working on uh, Russell Howard's Good News. Yes. Uh, and so we have to scour Something. the news uh, in, in tedious, soul-crushing detail. Oh, he's given a little uh, plug to his other projects. Yeah. He likes doing nice. that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but it's been, there's been nothing... There's been, we've been looking for sort of rejoicing scousers, leave, you know, leaving blogs you know, online on YouTube and stuff like that. And there's been no, it's all been quite soberly yeah. handled. And there's just lots of sort of quite fond stuff. So suddenly the hairdryer treatment yeah. is given this kind of, oh, do you remember the hairdryer treatment? It was this wonderful thing. Although someone should now open hope the hairdressers in Manchester and call it the hairdryer treatment. That'd be good. And then they could have sort of squeaky bum time could be a sort of specialist <laughs> bleaching salon. I think that sounds a wonderful idea. Look, one thing we know that Sir Alex wouldn't want is for us to go into injury time, so we'll be back in a minute. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. This is the Frank Skinner Show on Absolute Radio, but Frank's not here. You've got me, Emily Dean, and I'm here with Steve Hall and Alan Cochran. And we're talking a little bit about um, Sir Alec Ferguson. It's been well handled, hasn't it, the uh, thing? Like, there was no gossip about it beforehand, really. Like, one night of gossip beforehand, and then there was the switch. Yeah. And then there was, will it be Mourinho, will it be Fergie? Uh, not Fergie, Moyes. It's <laughs> Fergie that's gone, wasn't it? Although it would have been fun if they'd just gone for Fergie from um, <laughs> Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas or toe-sucking <laughs> Fergie. Then maybe that dates Will me, doesn't it? <laughs> that so Does dates it, me yeah. to refer to her as toe-sucking. There was a point when there was both Fergies in the tabloids, though, wasn't there? There yeah. was toe-sucking and hairdryer Fergie. Two different grooming Fergies. <laughs> How do we think, though, with... Um, Pedicure Fergie. Dave, David Moyes. Because they call him the Moyes Sire, don't they, at Goodison? Do they? Yes. That's how revered he the is. Moyes or, the Moyes Sire. The Moyes Sire, my Scouse friend told me that. It nearly works, doesn't it? I know. <laughs> it doesn't quite scan satisfyingly enough. Keep trying, Scousers. Um, <laughs> but they... I don't think there'll be any trouble. He's got his last fixture. He'll be fine. Do you think it'll be Okay. Yeah, I think he doesn't need an armed guard or anything. I think people know that it's it's one of the. There's a bit of me that's sad that he's going from Everton, but there's also a bit of me that's quite pleased that someone that has just been steady away and not won anything has got the big job because so often people like that then get passed over, don't they? So it's sort of yeah. nice. It's very much how I feel when I get asked to be on this show. That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I worry Steve. about Fergie's shoe size though because they've been banging. I worry about, about Sven Goran Eriksson's shoe size four. I've been told by a stylist, but anyway, is that right? Yeah. Well, that's, I th- that's what the, I've heard. But that's easier for the person that gets the job after him because they're not big boots to fill. But <laughs> oh, with Fergie, they've been banging on, on about how big his boots are to fill all week, haven't they? What I don't like about him is that he does always go for a zip-up top with a coat over it. 
I've seen I won't that. tolerate that. You mean the winter coat? <laughs> Absolutely intolerant of that. I think the two are entwined. I think it's the same garment. Oh, it's not. I, I promise you. I, I'm convinced it is, because I've looked at that coat a lot and thought... Is there one... I'm not cent- a Man United fan, but Is I'm there one Fergie. central zip down the back? No, I think the, the front has... You know those coats that have got inlay sort of woolen... I know them, I've just never had to actually touch them. There's probably a name for them, isn't there? What's the name for them in the biz? Horrible. (laughs) I quite like it. Looks cosy for the touchline. No. No? I just like like the fact it looks cosy. That's such a brilliant... It's not a word that's often associated with football. Well, Wenger's sleeping bag coat, that looks cosy as well. No one can touch AVB for technical area chic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got it going on, hasn't he? A Mourinho, maybe. Yeah, well, he, yeah. he might be. He might have his hands full soon. So but, yeah, so we'll 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 miss the the yeah. old boy. Won't well, we? there's now talk that Mancini might be on the way out at, at City as well, uh-huh. and he's possibly going to be replaced with a Malaga coach, Pellegrini, which I think is a shame because for whatever you say about Mancini, he doesn't deserve to be replaced by a bottle of minerals. <laughs> <laughs> no one does. Do you think you see we've gone very football in Frank's absence? I, I like to think people it, think they've tuned into talk it's, sport. It's going to be talk yeah. sport. I like it though because I don't think they'll be expecting it from a lady. No, perhaps not. Might <laughs> <laughs> be expecting more. Uh, it's been quite nice watching the news and seeing a lot of old United players who I haven't seen in years. So I saw there was an interview with Clayton Blackmore. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, I don't know, he's, he's still part of the setup at Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. But outside of MUTV, he's not <laughs> going to crop up too much. And also, some mischievous journalists asking them if they would take the job. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't think that was fair for Paul Lynch to have to answer. <laughs> I think we've had quite enough football, and um, I think we're going to go to some ads, and then I might be talking about Liberace. This is Frank Skinner. So, boys, I had a little outing this week. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> it was an incredibly <laughs> heterosexual evening. Oh. Uh, I went to a sneak preview of the new Liberace biopic. On your outing? Is, is he being lined up as the new Everton manager? Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> He'd be good, wouldn't he? Lots of good hair. Can bit, I just... bit David Pleat on the hair front, maybe. <laughs> can I just make a confession? Though? You can. Um, you oh, know, God. You Brace yourselves, said, everyone. Yeah. You know, I've said in the past that I think Wikipedia is uh, perfect for questions that you feel too embarrassed to actually ask another human. Yes. I I think I might be about to... I should really turn to Wikipedia. I don't know who Liberace is. I just <gasps> have no idea. <laughs> I, I Steve Hall. Could, um, it's an we're, enormous we're, we're gap a nation in, in shock knowledge, right I'm now. Sure. He was... Um, I think it would be best... I think he could be described as flamboyant. Yes, right. He was a He's pianist a, a of the 70s. Pianist. Yes. Flamboyant pianist. Yes. Right. <laughs> that, there's really no other way to describe him. He used Can to wear... Can you try some other ways? Because I still don't really... I only knew Would about him in the, in the song Sandman. There's a line in that. And lots of wavy hair like Liberace. Do you think we have to pay a bit extra for that now? Is that, is that well, it's coming out of my pocket. Frank's not going to pay that. To be honest, that. it was so tuneless the way I sang it. <laughs> so, um, so did he have like lots of hits, like records? And, I don't know, like lots a, of hits. Like a I Liam mean, Gallagher figure, was that? He, no, he was more... He was, um, he was Elton bit, John. A bit more manly than Liam Gallagher. Oh, OK. Liberace. He was sort of a 70s character. And Have you heard of Richard Clyderman or Clayderman? I've heard of Richard... Didn't he oh, you haven't heard of Anybody. This Clay is terrible. Is a flautist, isn't it? <laughs> no, he's a pianist. Anyway, <laughs> I went to see this film about him 
Oh, which would have been useful that. for you because you know nothing about him. But I can't reveal very much because I had to sign one of those NDAs, those non-disclosure. NDAs? They're called NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. I used to like them. Um, I haven't had to sign one of those since I dated a premiership footballer. It's an NWA joke. Very good. Oh, oh. I, that's not the direction I thought. I thought oh. you were referring to your club in days. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Anyway, um, so I can't say too much about it, but it turns out he is gay. <laughs> you can say That's that. That's the spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm going to reveal he is gay, and, Liberace. And he's played by Michael Douglas. Is played by Michael Douglas. His boyfriend is played by Matt Damon. Right. Yes. Um, one good. thing I will reveal is that Liberace, because I think this is out there, much like him, mm-hmm. he made his boyfriend have surgery in order to look like him. No. Yes. Which I don't think is that bad an idea. <laughs> Honestly, I would consider that. What if there were surgeons that specialised in the Dorian from Birds of Feather facial construction... <laughs> you don't look like Dorian from Do Birds. I not? Nigel Clough, I will concur <laughs> with. You've told me that before. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> or you could just go, in, go out with Nigel Clough and save on the surgery. That would be great. be a match made in heaven. Um, but also at this screening were Lorraine Kelly and Richard Arnold off Daybreak. So it was quite camp. It was quite a camp fest. Oh, he was on Strictly, wasn't he? He was, exactly. Isn't it wrong that I know who he is, but not who Liberace is? Is that... I think it's terrible. <laughs> it's, I it's think you should be ashamed of yourself. It must be tricky in the context of the film to see if, if Michael Douglas's character is, is wanting Matt Damon to make Matt Damon look more like Michael Douglas. And yeah. now Michael Douglas, as he gets older, looks quite a lot like Zelda from Terror Hall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. <laughs> That's so cruel, but true. <laughs> Um, but what I did discover during this film, it, I sat on, it was a very posh screening room, and it was on a red leather sort of banquette sofa. And I'm very particular about my seating arrangements when I watch a movie at home. All oh, this was uncomfortable. This oh. was so... Uh, I could get no purchase. You know, it was a sloping sofa, and my legs were splayed out like I was on an operating table. It was so uncomfortable. So... That actually ruined the enjoyment of the movie for me. I had a terrible backache afterwards. Was it slipping off territory? Was it one of those leather sofas where you yeah, feel like very you slidey and more sort of? I don't think I was actually working out when I felt less comfortable, and I think when I had to spend two and a half hours making small talk with Salman Rushdie during his fatwa. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only time I felt as uncomfortable. But I um, I realised at that. home. That's I know. Great. I never elaborate on it. <laughs> I think you say it best when you say nothing at all when it comes to Salman. Um, Can I just say you're the only person I know who's been chatted up by Dennis Rodman and had a meal with Salman Rushdie during his <laughs> fatwa. <laughs> They're two pretty big stories. But are you guys quite particular about how you sit when you watch a yeah. film? Yeah, yeah. You need the footstool in a certain place, don't you? Like if you've got a footstool, you need your you need your bits, don't you? You need your bits that you like in the places you like them. Yes, absolutely. Well, you have to be tolerant. That's the thing I find that my wife complains a lot. So I, t- I have to take one for the team because the wife likes to lean on me if we're watching a film. OK, we're going to hear more about Steve's wife leaning on him in a minute. Frank. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. This is Emily Dean. I'm in for Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio this morning. I'm with Alan Cochran and Steve Hall. And I've just discovered a button on Frank's little setup here, which says kill. 
It's oh. a big black button, and I nearly pressed it earlier, and the producer looked alarmed. What happens if I press that, Daisy? I have no idea. <laughs> Should we try it? Was, uh, no, don't. Frank had it installed after the Sony nominations came <laughs> <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility. I think we should bear that in mind. <laughs> Is that for the judges? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, Less the, said about that, the better. We were discussing sitting and watching films, and uh, you like to get cosy. I, uh, well, don't make me sound like some filthy creep. I didn't mean you, as in, I meant one. One likes yeah. to get cosy when staying at home. I, don't, I haven't watched the film at home for ages, but when I do, I like to uh, I like to get the cushions right and all that stuff. My wife wa- watches films with a slanket that she puts over our, she doesn't. Over our legs. <laughs> she does not. She does, yeah. She gets the blanket out or the slanket. She has a slanket? What colour is it? Um, it's like a... <laughs> the producer like a looks like she's vomiting into the bin as a result of this revelation. Yeah. I mean, I if I could... Do you I have would, matching slankets? No. Because I want... You're walking, if that's right. true. You're does out it, of this studio. Over, how big is a slanket? Does it cover two it's pairs like of legs? a full-length blanket. Right. Yeah, she tries to put it Can over you the imagine bin. The... Legs, but I try so to stick my feet out of it. That must, get that must cook hot. up at the end of a... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you had a nice meal together... Well, if you... It depends, really. It depends on my flatulence, but it can get toasty in there, yeah. It really can. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's like when people cook fish in one of those bags. Oh. Um, <laughs> you, could, you could sort of... You could kind of time it. If you, if you were watching, say, Silence of the Lambs, just waft it at the first time you see the people stuck down the well. <laughs> I like all your food-based well, films. smell edition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It no, I don't like the sound. I, that's my worst. Imagine the BFM. I bet he's got a slanket or two yeah. on him. Well, it's made of his own skin. That's <laughs> <laughs> he is a slanket. A, a nappy would be good, wouldn't it? A nappy for watching the telly. A nappy, darling. Yeah, just sit there what in a nappy. What on earth do you mean? A nappy. Just pop up, pop on your film nappy and then you know that you don't what, have to What, to say you're having pause. to go to the toilet? <laughs> just sit and watch the whole thing. You could get through all of, like, Skyfall that I still haven't seen, but I understand Sitting it's Sitting really there long. in a nappy. In this could nappy, be a yeah. brilliant idea. Maybe Tenor Lady are going to suddenly branch nappy. into <laughs> Odeons and Cineworlds for the length yeah. of breadth of the nation. I mean, I've often advocated the, the nappy for long drives, but nobody's, nobody's started making... Well, there was, there, was, products, that, there was that woman who drove across America wearing a nappy. That's too. right, yeah. The, the astronaut. Well, the cockerel, yeah, yeah, yeah. the cockerel does have his belt on driver setting, and now I'm starting to understand why. I do. I like to loosen it off a notch for driving, do and you know, I have it on stand-up <laughs> as well. Do you know what I do? When I watch a movie, I've got a real setup, guys. It's I can't be disturbed either. Slanket, nappy. No, no, slankets are involved. Jalapenos. There's three cushions behind my back lumber lumber yeah, support. yeah for purchase exactly nice. lumber support one is a dog cushion i have a fox cushion it's all very doctor do little around my way <laughs> all the animals yeah. are on your back there's a menagerie behind my back uh-huh what's the third one a do- dog and a fox well it's disappointing it's a neutral sand tone oh. <laughs> but you know um you can't have everything can no you? exactly Two's a story, three's a crowd. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I've just made it up. I like it. I put my feet out on... I love putting my feet on my poof. Mm-hmm. I always have to have them on the poof. I believe uh, Michael Douglas is the same. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you <very> much. <laughs> And then over that, instead of a slanket, I have a promotional blanket given to me by a champagne brand when I went to Wimbledon once. <laughs> I know you'll approve of that, because guess how many pounds it costs? Zero. Exactly. Zero Working Gross. in your world. Um, <laughs> I have the blanket over me. On top of that... No. I'm not done yet. Nothing's going on there. <laughs> Nothing. So I'll tell you what's going on there. This is like Buckaroo or something. <laughs> <laughs> I have a specialist tray... 
laptop tray, oh, which I bought. I bought it on the internet. <laughs> it goes over my lap, <laughs> and on it is my beverage and my snacks. Nice for the movie. You're like the Sir Ranulph Fiennes <laughs> of cinema watching. <laughs> <laughs> the kit you have to assemble. If someone knocks at the door, I've had it. If someone knocks at the door, just you can't answer it. It'd take about 20 minutes to get out of under all that, wouldn't you? Sure, yeah. Surely you just leave it. Nobody yeah. answers their door in London anyway, do they? Well, this is true. It's almost <laughs> pizza delivery, and obviously I can't eat carbohydrates. So. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I love my little setup. I'd like to know if any of our readers, as Frank rather affectionately calls our listeners, <laughs> yes. due to a mistake once, which has now caught on. Um, what's your kind of movie watching setup? What are your bits and bobs yeah. that you like around you when you're watching a movie? Where are your bits and bobs while you watch a movie? <laughs> that's that's today's texting. That's today's texting. Thanks. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. This is Emily Dean in for Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Hello, boys. That's my catchphrase. Trying out for size. What do you think? From e- Eva Herzegova. Yes. Yeah, it's quite pretty... post-feminist. I'll be honest. I think it's fine. I think Good. We're all, we're all knowing, aren't we? We're all what? What do you call them? You, you, sirs. Yeah, we're that. Um, <laughs> we mentioned earlier on the <laughs> touchline chic uh, of AVB, um, and we've had a text from seven six zero saying, if you want touchline chic, see Paul Tisdale's of Exeter City. He wears a cravat. Oh, does he indeed? See, that is a great, not very absolute radio texting. Which football manager wears a cravat? <laughs> <laughs> Who's got touchline chic that you support? That <laughs> rock and roll football. I, like a cra- I always like a cravat in the technical area. I've heard. I, I've, <laughs> it's written on a toilet wall somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Hall, you've had your nose buried in a paper this morning. I, I have. It's, well, we've talked about Liberace, a, a beloved showbiz figure. Uh, I think I bit, like to think it's what Frank would have wanted as well. <laughs> he likes yeah. a bit of the campery. He uh, does, yeah. And, and uh, another beloved showbiz figure has been in the news, uh, Helen Mirren. I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if you saw the, oh, the extremely... Dame, yes. Dame Helen Mirren, the extremely shaky uh, camera footage uh, of her berating... Uh, these drummers outside where she was performing as Her Majesty the Queen I've seen yeah. in footage, the West End. But it's not conclusively her, Hang on, is what, it? What, what, what? Helen Mirren's playing the Queen? What's yeah. going on? Helen Mirren is in, is in a play called The Audience, mm. uh, which I've seen. Have you? Uh, I, I have. I saw it in preview. Uh, and it was with Robert Hardy uh, uh, playing uh, Winston Churchill, but I think he dropped out. Did he? He's very impressive. He's about 88. Oh. He's that's a, good, that's a fair Churchill. enough excuse, to be honest. Yeah. She, was, why does she always play the Queen, though? She's turning into like a bit like Mike Yarwood, where that's just her <laughs> repertoire of like seventies impressions. Like she also does Prince Charles yeah, and David Bellamy. She, she's the Mike Yarwood of royalty. That's, yeah. a, that's what she's got on her cards, on her business cards. <laughs> so she had a bit of a cob on, didn't she? She she was very angry, and, and it was officially reported that she'd politely asked them to uh, to desist from their drumming, and then it turned out that she'd actually. Turned the air blue. Turned the air royal blue. Royal blue, <laughs> if you will. Which is, I mean, she shouldn't be surprised. The sound of loud banging in Soho should be no surprise to <laughs> exactly. her. Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Steve. Yes, <laughs> there's, so... there's a lot of drummers. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot, a lot of road of... works. Yes. <laughs> she apparently said, "Quiet! I'm trying to do a play in here," which <laughs> is something I used to say to my parents on a regular <laughs> basis. <laughs> also, there's something about people in costume. Yes. 
that, who are not being the character. It's just funny. Like when you see somebody dressed as Noddy going and buying cigarettes and a <laughs> bottle of pop or something. Like if, you, if you've done any performing, you've seen this happen and it always makes me chuckle a little bit. Yeah. I know somebody that did a theatre tour with Noddy uh, and, and he went to buy pile cream during the matin- in between the matinee and the binge. I'd love to have seen this play with Noddy. Yeah. But also, people must have thought it was the actual Queen running the out to remonstrate queen. with him. Yeah, just down the road, Buckingham Palace. Just Come on, give it. It looks like a really confusing changing of the guard. There's, yeah, there's yeah. drummers. It's some ceremonial thing. Yeah, surely the Queen's used to drumming all the time. Like the real Queen would be. I like, was going to oh. say, come on, trooping of the colour. Pot and kettle, I'm sorry, she can't use that excuse. There's a lot of noise coming out of her gaff. But you know what I like best about this story is being a child of actors, which I I often talk about on this show, Mm -hmm. I like that actors don't sort of get angry like normal people. So they so what happens is that they storm out anyway. It's that kind of thing where she left the theatre, she came, and then she just walked back. And I think that's the normal response for an argument. Because you, you guys, you probably have an argument and you just stay in the room, don't you? Mm. Whereas we argue like actors. We used to say when my mum would shout at us, we'd go, end of act two, when she'd walk out the room. <laughs> that never went down very well. Exit chased by a bear. Yeah, but, I always yeah. think there should be stage directions at the end of a row. I think someone has to leave or it's not a row. You, you have an exit line and a flounce. <laughs> oh, is that? Do you not have an exit line? No. Don't you? I just you? stare there. I just yeah. say something and then just stare like a really dour face. That's That'd be me. I'd still be staring at those drummers now. I'd just be uh, going... <laughs> I'm impressed the way she handled it, but the, the best uh, handling of, of a, a disruption during a play in, in New York, Paul Rudd, the the excellent comedy actor, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was in a play on Broadway, uh, and a member of the audience was taken ill in the balcony, and they, uh, they lost their, their lunch oh, really? over the balcony onto the <laughs> stalls below. <laughs> And, and he carried on, and apparently it was an excellent performance, despite, wow. despite the fact that half the stalls had been dispersed. Oh, dear. I like the sound of that. You see, that's the thing about it, because you can't live with them. You can't live with them. <laughs> Can I say, we are rowing a little bit about the temperature in here. Yeah, I like it colder. But I've got a natural austerity, according to my wife. I you guess. like it tundra temperature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like it nice and toasty. We could never share a duvet. <laughs> it's for the best, really. Get a slanket. Um, <laughs> I'm not being sucked into then, your slanket we'll world. Get a slanket and then we'll talk. <laughs> uh, we've had a text from uh, Ian Angel, who's a, a re- regular punner. That Is texts. he one of my regulars? He's one of the regulars. Uh, and on the um, story about uh, Helen Mirren telling the drummers off, she should have confiscated their hi hat and kept it as a status symbol. <laughs> Symbol, see what he's done. Oh, he's done a little pun. Yeah. I, I like that. It did occur to me that when she was telling the drummers off, she, you know, it's dangerous territory because she could have got some right stick. Ah. Oh. Right stick. Nice. Yeah, Again, it's what Frank would have wanted. He'd be very happy. <laughs> Frank, if you're listening, we're still punning. A confusing text. Well done, Alan, on getting the fourth plinth gig in Trafalgar Square. I don't know if that's someone saying there's nothing on the fourth plinth <laughs> and I'm boring. I bet that's what that is. I, I haven't even checked, but I bet that's what that is. <laughs> Um, or it could just be that there is a statue that looks like me. I don't know. Anyway. I, you know what I think it's time for? Oh, I yeah. think it's time for a little wander into our favourite place. Email corner. Oh, I love hearing his little voice. 
Okay. Who's got emails for me? I do. I always miss him. Uh, We've got an email from Tom Lavender in Sunderland who who writes... I like the sound of Tom Lavender. Do you think think he's married simply for appearances? (laughs) I do hope so. I'd like to be Mrs Lavender. Sorry, as you were. Mrs Lavender. It's a nice sort of classy elder lady. So oh, save it, save it, sort of, save you. it till you're in your 50s or 60s, yeah. which is at least 30 years away. I'm Thank sure. you. Very good. Very he good. writes, uh, Tom Lavender writes, Dear Frank and the gang, regarding last week's show and the mention of humorous autobiography names, I thought I'd share one that particularly amused me. I discovered the other day that the autobiography of rock bassist Gene Simmons is entitled Kiss and Makeup. That's great. Two puns in one. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. That's that, excellent, that excellent work. Yes, I'm very impressed by that. For anybody on a wear kiss performing makeup, so it's you know the. I like your deconstruction of the title there. I feel like I didn't know who Liberace was, so I need to (laughs) just play to the people that are. Yeah, but absolutely, listeners, they're going to be familiar with the output of (laughs) Kiss. Yeah, Are are you familiar with Keith Chegwin's? Yes. Autobiography. Do you, do you know, this may have been discussed previously. Keith Chegwin, you were saying that he gen- because of, he he was quite honest about his drinking problems uh-huh. uh, and said so that he had wanted to call his autobiography Cheggers Can't Be Boozers. Yeah, but oh. he has definitely been honest right, about his drinking I've seen him say, I've seen oh, really? him in an interview say it. He may have co opted someone else's joke that, as that he wouldn't be like to him. do. <laughs> 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 I, I, I'm glad he didn't but, go for that. You know, my, I always say on this show, my favourite autobiography title was um, Ian Botham, Don't Tell Kath. That's good. Kath yeah, was right. his name of his wife. But, um, I, I'm quite fond of um, Mike Cat, the former England rugby player. Mike Cat called his autobiography Landing on My Feet. Nice. Oh, that's good. That is good. He didn't go for the nine lives then. That would have been more of an obvi- obvious oh, option. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, he might have had coughing up a furball. <laughs> <laughs> have you thought of one for yourself? What about the hallway? Nice. As in, this is oh. how you did your life, the hallway. And you could have uh, Dean there done that. <laughs> <gasps> I love that. But what am I going to do with Hidden Shallows then? I'm waiting for that. Hidden Shallows? Yes. <laughs> That's nice. I've also got prem- Premiers and Premier League players, but that might just be oh, a chapter. Yeah. <laughs> could, could, so all the possible uh, titles you could just make into chapter titles. Well, also you? that chapter's currently with my lawyers, so we'll see <laughs> how that one pans out. Apparently there are injunctions now. A little bit of a blow to me. Uh, we, have a, we have another email. Hmm. Uh, hi, Frank. Sorry for the interruption. Well, uh, not too, Frank, but yes... Uh, this is slightly odd that we're doing this when Frank isn't here. I have a number plate, W8ROM, so it looks like WB West Brom, um, oh. which I acquired a few years ago. I'm in the process of selling this and wondered if you would be at all interested. If so, please let me know. Many thanks, Adam. We'll put it to him, Adam, but um, I suspect not. Yeah. It's just my guess, because I, I would imagine that Frank sees people with private number plates the same way he sees people who smoke cigars. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think that's reaching a bit. Yeah, it's W eight R rom. That sounds like a rom com yeah. director well, who lives in West Eight. That would be good or, for them, but it's not good for a West Brom fan. It's W eight is weight, so it's like weight rom. That's how <laughs> I read so it. Terry like, uh, Terry Waite could have that. <laughs> if he had a partner beginning with the name Rom, yeah. I don't well, it know. Sounds if like he's still with it sounds like yes. Remus has said to his brother Romulus, "Shall we found Rome yet? Hey, no, wait, Rom." <laughs> <laughs> Absolute Radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio.
This is the Frank Skinner Show on Absolute Radio. You're listening to Emily Dean. I'm standing in for Frank this morning. I'm joined by Steve Hall and Alan Cochran. You can text us in on 812.15 or you can follow us on Twitter at Frank on the radio. I've done all my housekeeping. I love it. I feel like I've Febreze the whole apartment. Well, it's funny you should mention Febreze because uh, during that song uh, there was photographs happening of your T-shirt. and uh, <laughs> Which, can I say, is a rather fine T-shirt. It is a fine T-shirt and it began a conversation where we all began talking about our T-shirts and I, I did think, oh my goodness, are we going to end up with the next text in being what's the most you've ever paid for a T-shirt? That would be, uh, that'd I be don't want to discuss wouldn't? what I paid for my T-shirt. <laughs> you know, also, Daisy, the producer, she's mm-hmm. made an extraordinary i don't know what to call it really but it's called parking well that's text what us in. <laughs> readers text us in have you if you've parking? heard of park if you've Parkin's, had parking which sounds like a disease bonfire night, typically don't they have it bonfire night. yeah yeah it's, so, it's an affliction it's not a cake i yeah, can't eat right. that it's nice she nice. made it and she actually said to me i don't think you'll like it it's very gingery it is very gingery it and it's nice. extremely gingery which is ironic because right. there was once Give a me that parking now. presenter called simon parking who was very ginger. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, it's very it's very beady, isn't it? I don't think you should <laughs> taste beads this on air. In it. Do you not think so? <laughs> I'm I'm it's gonna taste oaty. it. Okay. Some people hate hearing food being eaten on the radio, don't they? <laughs> okay, well, you know, I'm Tough. sorry. Bad morning for them. Tough luck for them. Um, are you gonna try it now? Okay, I'm gonna try it now. Let's see. This is great radio. I think it might be though. This is if, you... especially if you don't like ginger and cake, I think this could be a bad Emily to be. Dean is eating the parking. So Sony she judges. She has a single solitary morsel in her hand. She tastes. Oh my god. <laughs> it has not gone well. The north south divide is underlined. Well, that's answered one question, anyway. Um, oh, she's about to potentially no. gag all over her new I've got, T-shirt. I've got parking yeah. in my hand. Never thought I'd say that. Um, Ow. Very, very honest. I need you to talk, because my tongue I'll seems talk. to have gone numb with I'll disgust. Talk. I can... Uh, Proof I can... that ladies are bad at parking. <laughs> oh, very good. Oh, I love your I mean, 1970s material. It's not misogyny, it's wordplay. That's what that was. It sounded like the former, but it was very much the latter. And well done. Yeah. Um, I, I, as you know, I have a frequent paranoia that I'm um, incredibly dull and boring. And I also think I... <laughs> I play by the rules a bit too much, um, and this week has proven it. I actually phoned my car insurers because when I do, uh, I love this story. I know, as Frank I know, Skinner would say, so dull. When uh, <laughs> when I uh, took out the insurance, they said on the phone, "How many how many miles do you think you'll drive in the year?" And I said, "About ten thousand. Mm. And then they sent the letter. I think about ten thousand is the answer. They sent a letter that I had forgotten in the print. It actually says in bold. Not more than, like, you know, shouty, like people on the Daily Mail forum comments. Oh, where yes. Got caps lock on. Um, and it says, not more than. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to go over that. But it expires in July. Right. And so I was thinking, maybe I should just let it go over. Let it slide. And not phone them up oh, and tell sorry, them. Sorry, the parking's returning on me. <laughs> <laughs> then I started having morbid fantasies, like, oh, what if my car got stolen? They said, oh, well, you're not insured anymore because you'd gone over your 10,000. Mm. And so I phoned them up and said, I'm being Did honest you? here. Uh, is that how you started the conversation? Like, it was a breakup. Yeah, like, Look, I'm being I'm honest with you. I'm a football manager, I've Hello? got to be honest. At the, end of the day, at the end of the day, I'm going to go over my 10,000. <laughs> but I went for honesty. Literally, honesty was the best policy, if you'll forgive the insurance pun. Um, and uh, it was like an extra 40 quid or something. But 
I just wondered how honest people were. Do you think that's too honest? Have I gone above and beyond no, the call you, of you've duty? Been, you've been stung by insurance issues before. Oh God, I hate mm. them. If there's any insurers listening, just, I, I hate you. I want you to know that you work okay. in a revolting world. That's both our listeners gone then. Thank you. <laughs> Frank. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. This is Emily Dean, and no, I'm doing my bit. I like doing it. Okay, you do your bit. This is Emily Dean in for Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. That didn't sound very professional. You <laughs> threw uh, me. We've had a text from Joe saying, Duh, coarse herd of parking, treacly cake of flapjack-like. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, it is. Joe, I have to say, I've, I've still got parking in my teeth, and it's absolutely despicable. Parking is from Berry and Lank's ginger cake, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, who, who would have thought that I'd the start of the it. show would end up with a parking text in? I'd describe the taste as almost astringent. Yeah, it's not um, It's not for people that don't like ginger, I think. That's no, what we could but it's say. better than that um, strychnine cake that Sarah the Poisoner <laughs> made yeah. me the other week. I wasn't a big fan of that, I have to say. We were talking earlier about dishonesty oh, on Absolute Radio. But more about my honesty compulsion. I'm, yeah. It's just it's partly my fundamental laziness. You know that thing that people say that liars need to have good memories. I just think, oh, Is what's that the right? point in that? That's what they say about. I've got liars. a brilliant memory. Oh, really? Are you mm. good at the lying? Because I just I I'm just very Hitler. Lie big. Lie big. <laughs> I'm very Hitler. You actually love that parking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, really? What do you lie about? Like big things. I lied. I tell you a couple of lies I've told this week. I lied to... I think, is he the controller of Absolute Radio, Daisy, Tony? <laughs> I lied to Tony. Um, he doesn't know this. If you're listening, Tony, I'm sorry. But he caught me unawares, and he asked me if I'd called the producer. He said, have you spoken? And I went, yeah! Yeah, we had a great conversation. No, I hadn't. You I'd just... emailed, but I just felt I wanted to please him. Oh. So I lied. Oh, I do it all the time. But I have to say, working for Frank, I know he's not here with us today, but I'd say I've got sort of... I would say my honesty's increased by about 54% since I've been working for Frank. <laughs> by about. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go 54% because he's so... He's brutally frank. He is. And he's the most honest person I know. And I do find that quite inspiring in a strange way. It forces me to want to tell the truth more. But then it gets you in all sorts of trouble. Sometimes it's easier to lie, isn't it? Well, it's mm. always a fascinating that there are liars at school. Uh, and if you meet a compulsive liar at school and they get found out at school, that's part of of school days but then every now and then you'll encounter a compulsive liar who has retained it into adulthood yeah mm. yeah uh, and there's a bloke i know for example who who uh once claimed that wesley snipes had left him a voicemail <laughs> <laughs> and he really stuck to it and, and because he went no no i've deleted it i've deleted it yeah. And he was saying that Wesley Sumpson kind of gone, hey, uh, you know, I hear you're acting, and uh, I thought, you know, you might want to just hang out. We could hook up, like, work on a few projects together. And, and, but you're at I a point love where, the Wesley Snipes yeah. voicemail gate. And he's at a point where, the, where the, the fellow was 32 years old, and it's quite difficult to say <laughs> to a 32-year-old man, I don't think Wesley Snipes did oh. leave you a voicemail. Yeah, that's... That- that, in fact, that little bit of acute embarrassment of saying to an adult, this isn't true, is how they trade off <laughs> yeah, that yeah, exactly. for a whole life yeah. of well, adult lying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's it a guy in Manchester that claims that uh, when Kylie Minogue's in town, she phones him up for a night out. Like, <laughs> no, not true. 
I could just lie about. There was a girl. I know what you mean about the school liar. Forever, they're known as the school liar, even as adults. So, there was a girl who used to lie all the time, and she said, "Oh yeah." I said, "I used to live in Australia." She went, "I did too." <laughs> I said, oh, "Where did you live?" She went, "Side knee." <laughs> I don't believe. I don't believe you wouldn't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, that'd be the, the danger is because I'm, I'm a compulsive. We should say, by the way, Steve, if any of our readers um, have got examples of when they think it's okay to be a little dishonest, what they've lied about, yeah, when's it they fine? could text us in on eight twelve fifteen. Let's hear your lies. Yeah, excellent. Because I feel because I'm compulsively truthful, and it's yes. on those few occasions where I do tell a lie, uh, it, it makes me feel just absolutely awful. And there, there is one significant. I know all the time I've known the cockerel. There's one significant lie. Uh-oh. That I've ever told you. What is it? Oh my God! We'll bra- to... Brace yourself, everyone. We... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was the producer that you heard um, coughing slash laughing there. Working in radio, coughing. Oh, yeah, with the mics up. We were talking about lies on Absolute Radio. Well, actually, I was trying to talk about honesty because I have yeah, this honesty and we did. compulsion. <laughs> we did the old switcheroo. And my lies are small. I nearly fibbed to my wife recently that I hadn't lost some headphones in a hotel because she bought me some noise-cancelling headphones. I lost them last year. Why she did you have noise-cancelling headphones in a... Oh, God, I don't want to know. In a hotel? Who was next to you? No, nobody was next. I just okay. had the headphones with me and okay. then I left the hotel and I nearly lied to my wife that I haven't lost them, but I'll tell you who did lie. Mm. The hotel said, oh, they're, they're not there. <laughs> oh, yes, they were. Um, I won't name the hotel. Well, no, don't, because I don't think your lawyers have got pockets big enough. <laughs> well, I haven't got lawyers, so oh. yeah, you're right. <laughs> Who hasn't got lawyers? But Come we've on. Had, uh, we've had a few texts in of uh, lies that people have been told. At mm. school, a friend told me that his uncle fell asleep on the M1 and ended up in Scotland. <laughs> Thinking back now, he was probably lying. Can I just <laughs> Mike say, from Watford. that's the most glamorous lie I've ever heard. <laughs> well, also, it's nice that it's from Watford. That's quite a journey, isn't it? <laughs> Watford to Scotland on the M1. <laughs> um, any yeah. more lies? We've had it on the Twitters, we've had, uh, which I think is the correct way of saying I that. I think it is now. Uh, Glenn Bateman has, has tweeted to say, a liar at my school said he could breathe underwater for an hour <laughs> <laughs> and that he had regular secret deadly kung fu training. <laughs> nice. Alan still lies about that, to be <laughs> fair. Do, yeah, yeah. What is it, your jiu-jitsu? Um, when my son was 13, one of his friends claimed to have a secret room in his house where he had lap dancers on call 24 <laughs> hours a day. Another friend claimed to have crash-landed in the Atlantic on his way on holiday and was rescued by a seaplane. They both stuck to their story for years. Very good, 644. You see, these are impressive <laughs> lies, aren't they? Yeah, they're lies They've got that a big brighten scale. up the world, aren't they? Whereas lies like me driving around having gone over my mileage on the car insurance, I started having morbid fantasies <laughs> of, oh, what if something happened and then the insurer said, oh, no. It's like... You, is it well, worth telling war in life? It's where I felt bad. The lie that I told you was a, was a fairly grotty one. Now, listen, we've, yeah, we have been trailing it. this lie somewhat. I'm afraid we do have responsibilities on the show. <laughs> and we do have to play music. But you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep trailing that lie, oh and we're going to hear about it after this. This is Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. Do you have any, uh, any more lies from the outside world? We have. Uh, we've had Mark Connor texting... Uh, a school friend of mine told me he'd seen a Betamax pirate video copy of E.T. 2 in 1983. <laughs> Definitely a liar, so the film still has not been made 30 years on. <laughs> I told a similar lie once, though. I said I'd seen Life of Brian to try and impress some boys on a holiday. And I said, oh, yeah, um, it was like a youth group holiday. I said, I've seen that film. And they went, no, you haven't. How could you have seen that? It's an 18 or whatever it was. 
and I, I said, I thought on my feet, how impressive is this? How Hitler is this? I said, my dad hired a projector and we watched it in the sitting room. You mean, when you say Hitler, you mean lie big? Yes, okay. yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just for clarity. Yeah. I said my dad hired a projector. I thought that was quite a good way out of it. But never mind all this. This is this has been trolling for some time. There is apparently oh, yeah. a lie, some terrible lie, which Alan told Steve or no, Steve no, told I, Alan. I told Alan. I've built this up way beyond proportion. Yeah, I don't, okay, I don't it's, it's gonna it's it's not gonna be that bad. I, I Do like, I know it? Uh, I well, I think we we sort of discussed it once drunkenly a number of years ago. Any, oh, can no. I just say anything less shocking than? Some sort of reassignment surgery is, <laughs> yeah. is not going to be good enough. It's, we're oh. actually twins, so I've never okay. told you. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, over the years, I've shared a, an Edinburgh flat with Alan on many mm-hmm. occasions, and how he's not smashed my face in. <laughs> this is a puzzle is a for us all. Uh, but um, back in the days, way, way, way back when, when I was still a single man, uh, we shared an Edinburgh flat one year with. Uh, with a, uh, with a lady, with a female technician, with a female technician who was who was uh, taxing. To, to 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 live with, I think it can be in, indeed taxing to, to look at. If, uh, oh, if we're but, but then oh, so am I. But then so am I. God. I mean, I'm not blessed with charm. What so. if someone said that about me that I was taxing? Well, they wouldn't say that about you because you're no, delightful. Just, I didn't think that they would say it wasn't nice to look at. <laughs> My arrogance shines through. Anyway, as and, uh, you were. Well, there was one. Uh, there was one night where. The, uh, Alan had said to me, "Did uh, you you two were quite uh, were quite drunk last night? Do you get do you get, do you get up to anything?" And I said, yeah. "How very dare you, sir? <laughs> the, the very idea of pause. I'm a gentleman of honour. I would never do such a thing. She's my Edinburgh flatmate. Uh, you know, I, above board. You don't uh, you don't do that on your own doorstep, etc., etc." And made Alan drag I Alan sus- over. Can the I coals. just say, Alan? I suspect he used a category C swear word at that <laughs> I juncture. Think that might have happened, yeah. I said, "How dare you, sir? Have you looked at her?" Uh, <gasps> and uh, uh, and Alan Steve? accepted it, uh, and then um... Fra- Frank's a feminist. Come on, so am I. <laughs> so am I. It's gone really awkward. Feminist show, isn't it? Anyway, and, go on. Uh, so and then it was down. about three years later, uh, where I was suddenly overcome with remorse uh, <laughs> and, t- and told Alan the truth of what happened that fateful night, which is that we'd got up to all manner of grot. Oh, I'd forgotten that. I'd forgotten that. You're right, you must have told me when drunk. I had (laughs) blotted my copybook. But the shame, it was a real, mate, it's been been troubling me for a long time, I've got to tell you this. I still can't get past grot. Oh, dear. Oh, Steve, did you have to do it? (laughs) Well, you know. But uh, the truth's out. I'm sorry, mate. Yeah, how rude. The truth's out, um, but I'm afraid. Yeah, we have to leave these shenanigans. Uh, We've had another lying text in. A friend at school told everyone she had a swimming pool in her garden, even though she lived on the estate as the rest of <laughs> us. <laughs> Believe me, no one had a swimming pool there. <laughs> That's in brackets. Uh, years oh. later, she was in the local paper claiming to have seen a UFO. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. You're listening to Absolute Radio. I'm Emily Dean and I'm in for Frank Skinner this morning. Any more lies, boys? Um, no, I was just asking about your personal lives. Because <laughs> uh, I know what you're both like. Mark has texted, don't know why, but when I was at school I told all my mates that my dad built Big Ben. <laughs> Strange, but I got away with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And uh, Glenn has tweeted to say, during a spate of big cat sightings in the UK, <laughs> an adult man I knew said he saw a panther in the wild and punched it in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I love that man. It's that last bit that makes it less <laughs> yeah. believable, because someone's yeah. seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing, he's obviously told that lie and then thought this isn't impressive enough, it needs yeah. to spike in some I'm way. I'm going to have to label yeah. it on a bit. I like him, though. I think that's the right attitude with lying. It's still not as good as when I cried off at work at the Gap, where I was employed as a greeter, and said I had appendicitis, <laughs> when actually I had uh, my Oxford University interview. I know somebody that um, <laughs> left a job by saying that they were moving to Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> Very um, good. I'll tell you what's not a lie, with, uh, there's, a, there's a story in the, um, in the Daily Mail that Who apparently... Was that, Alex, had that? <laughs> Uh, just a friend of mine, uh, okay. somebody that works in radio not, not, production. Oh, okay. I thought you meant Gary Lineker for a minute. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> he's a producer, a radio producer, I know. Oh, okay. Um, uh, lovely, bit, <laughs> lovely bit of parking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently, um, and I'm, I'm interested to know your view on this, mm. Emily Dean, mm. uh, musicians really mm. are sexier. Uh, scientists rather than curing people of illnesses, <laughs> have, uh, have found that carrying a guitar increases your chance of getting a date by up to a third. They basically got an actor in France to go up and uh, and ask women out on a date. Yeah, carrying... an actor, I'm really going to find him attractive, aren't <laughs> I, with my family background. <laughs> they got him to actors. carry nothing, then they got him to go up with a guitar, where he got a third more, and then I think they got him to go up holding a, a sports bag or maybe it was sports bag first then guitar and then right. nothing and the and the guitar got it's the all most gone a bit dates. monopoly pieces hasn't <laughs> it it's a bit someone with a top hat and a dog yeah I, again it's one of those things where you go why are scientists doing this but um he uh, he did it and apparently carrying guitars makes you more attractive not being able to play them this is how fickle we are <laughs> as people we just want to see them as accessories affectation so, yeah. I tell you what would it, there's one thing that would make him more attractive if he was ga carrying a guitar and it had a priority tag on it saying first class then maybe <laughs> that, that would be impressive maybe I'd consider but I worry about I don't know it's a bit loose it's a bit Pete Doherty isn't it yeah I mean I, I think... don't like it I think they just also if you could if you're if you're reasonably good at playing the guitar surely if you're at that standard it will have been sent ahead to your hotel it should have been carried for you <laughs> exactly Absolutely. why yeah. are you carrying it on the law of the line i don't like that it was also they, they did this survey in a sh just in a shopping center oh, so, so he approached 100 people in a shopping center which gives it a level of creepiness and and how how this can masquerade as a survey when it's basically a, a bloke seeing how much he can get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got a really good idea that. for a survey. Yeah. I'll just go up and chat yeah. up women in a I, shopping centre. I'm going to wander think? around Brent Cross with a ukulele, <laughs> hassling women. Those charges were never proved, and Frank is not here to defend himself. How dare you? But then the same article listed that it said the most sexy song a guitar player can play is "More Than Words" by Extreme. Therefore, I sneer at that survey. Mm. Oh, really? I think if I could play guitar, I'd just constantly play that riff from Layla. Oh, yes, you would. I can see you doing that. Yeah. You see, this is what worries me about these guitar players. <laughs> if I went on a date with one of these guitar players, he's very, oh, I've left my wallet at home, can you pay? And then he'd play you Bad Moon Rising as if that would somehow make up for it. <laughs> Leave the guitar at home. Go naked, I say. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. We were talking earlier, boys, about guitar players, or actually not guitar players, men...
carrying guitars as accessories and how they were apparently perceived in a test as more attractive. Yeah. And I begged, I beseeched to differ. Yes, and you're, you're right to do so, I think. I, uh, I think it operates in that fine line between sort of artist and homeless, <laughs> I think. It is a bit <laughs> of no fixed abode, yeah, isn't exactly. it? exactly. But I, uh, I, when I was a student, I studied at a, a drama and music college and I think... A female who can play the cello can look incredibly kind of graceful and beautiful. Mm. But if you go to college with them, they often look sweaty because they're carrying a cello around <laughs> all day, every day. And it must be a pain because it's like yin and yang. They're, they're either yeah. looking amazing and, and gorgeous or they're carrying a cello up a flight of stairs. It must be annoying. I couldn't do that with my lower back pain. No. I suppose the double bass guys, they must have really work up a sweat they must stink but you see there are certain accessories what do you find in terms of what makes someone attractive because i would say a bit of a deal breaker for me is the man bag the rio ferdinand man bag like or dislike a heavy dislike oh dislike oh really well i always wonder what they have in there it's a big wallet i think they just have injunction papers (laughs) pre-written ready to hand out the ones with no straps or handles yes exactly a a slim like the clutch we'd call it a clutch (laughs) in the trade yeah Yeah. a clutch yeah because that's what it's called and he brought one yeah you hate them I don't like them on a man. I love them on a lady. Uh-huh. One, one of the least attractive things, because obviously a musician carrying a guitar can look, it's a classy accessory, whereas a comedian... Did you tell me rumble again, yes. Alan? Yes. What's going on with you? Eat some parking. <laughs> <laughs> Working as a comic, if, you, if you're carrying your notebook, if you're, if you're doing your notes, if you're going through your set list on a train mm. uh, and someone looks over, sometimes in, in, your, in the comedian's imagination, someone might look and go, oh, you're writing a comedy show. Oh, that's great. Uh-huh. You're so interesting. <laughs> but of course, the average... Uh, comedian's notebook looks like the scribblings of a profoundly mentally ill human being. <laughs> it does when they're dating me. And so it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'd always imagine might be a nice accessory is, is usually, you know, you get people actively moving away. <laughs> yes. I'll tell you what I do find attractive, this may be slightly weird, is that uh, some women can look really attractive when they've got slightly overlapping teeth, you know? <laughs> now you are I love the way you me. looked round the room for recognition, as if we'd all go, yes, and we all looked a bit aghast. You know, t- just, there's a certain... Uh, are you talking about... Of, a sort of snaggletooth. A certain type of overlap that I find attractive, and uh, and then there's crooked teeth that I don't, but it's weird, isn't it? That's what a fine you? line they're going to walk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, people have got no control over this. It is a fine line. That's exactly what the dentist said, in fact. <laughs> Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. This is the Frank Skinner Show on Absolute Radio. I'm Emily Dean and I'm standing in for Frank this morning because he's been called away to act as uh, temporary caretaker manager (laughs) at Goodison Park. We wish him well. Good luck, everyone. Fingers crossed. Uh, I'm joined this morning by Steve Hall and Alan the Cockrell. Cochran. (laughs) I like inserting your moniker. Um, into your name like that. It's good. You can text us on 812.15 or you can follow us on Twitter at Frank on the radio. On the subject of the, the cockerel, as my mm. nickname is on this show for some reason, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's been brought to my attention that the fourth plinth in Trafalgar Square is about to have a 14-foot blue cockerel <laughs> put on top of it. So it wasn't something. It's all gone a bit Tottenham Hotspur. It's nice, isn't it? <laughs> what about other clubs are available? Yes, true enough. Um, so that's that. Okay, that's one of my favourite stories you've ever told, and you ended no, you know, it with chat. your mum's catchphrase, which is so that's Indeed. that. So that's that. <laughs> Indeed. 
What should we do, boys? I'm feeling a bit fluid this morning. We could go over to email corner. Yeah, let's do that. Do you fancy let's that? Oh, I've wander. got to find the jingle, Daisy. Yeah. I, shall I, I play the jingle? We can just say oh, let's sing it. Let's sing it. Okay, one, two, three. Email corner. I went for a deep baritone there myself. Dear Frank, saying goodbye to the few listeners we had. Dear Frank, Emily, and the cockerel. I've just boarded my train to work, happily listening to the podcast and giggling quietly to myself. I sat down and gradually became aware of unusual attention. Sorry, commuters. I love their music. Sorry, commuters don't generally look up or make eye contact. So why was everyone looking at me? Gradually, I realised that the sound on my MP3 was more echoey than usual. My <laughs> headphones weren't properly connected, and I'd been advertently, inadvertently broadcasting Frank's Gershwin gag to the 8.56 to Waterloo. We should say this was Frank, was this last week? It was and him retelling a, a failed gag, wasn't it? No, he, but what he does, he also did a, um, a yawn, and it was yes. to the soundtrack of... Kind of Foggy and Bess, I think it was. Yeah, it would be like nice if the joke went down better in that train carriage. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it did. Um, I muttered sorry and kept my eyes firmly on my feet for the rest of the journey. I know somebody that uh, went to work and somebody at the opposite desk was listening to music but with their headphone not plugged in oh. properly and not noticing for the whole day. Um, I had, do you know, I had my, I've got, this is a lie I told the other day. Oh. It's a lie. <laughs> Slash headphones email hybrid. So I wow. think you'll agree it's rather perfect with this slot. I um, was listening to something. You know when you pull your headphones out of the iPhone mm-hmm. and then the music suddenly goes on? It was a blast. And I don't know why it was on shuffle, but I think it was like a thong song, which I didn't even know <laughs> I had on wow. my iPhone. Perfect. I must have been, I think it was a drunk purchase one night. <laughs> And took me right. took, took me back to one Edinburgh, yeah. On a drunk purchase. I think I did. So I lied, and this friend of mine went, "What's that?" I said, "Oh, it's Mimi, my niece. She's always sending me silly links." Very good. Isn't that? Oh, I'm so yeah, sorry, so Mimi. You, you would never to, listen to that. You, you were to immediately stop bogling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the email continues with a PS. Uh, PS. Surprised to see Derek Akora has started a boxing career. Do you think the spirits advised him to fight Deontay Wilder? Well, Is I think true? you're getting your Chisoras and your Akoras yeah. muddled ah, up here. Very good. And your Kioras. Sarah Stewart, that was, by the way. We don't, we don't want Derek Akora trying to contact the whale, the spirits, yeah. no. in the box. That, that, that Derek, would end Derek in tears. Derek Chisora and Derek Akora. Is that what it is? That's it. That's it's quite, the... It feels like it's something like a, an actor would say to like as their vocal warm-up. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Akora and Derek Chisora. They could be like the Chuckle Brothers. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. If they started an act together. Um, I think Chisora might have a slightly more tough love approach to the world of spirits. Maybe. Don't you think? He did a lot of shadow boxing. <laughs> Very oh, good. Nice. Very nice. Very joke good. from the lady there. <laughs> Didn't we have some other news from the spirit yes, world, the spirit, Steve, this week? From the spirit world, the, uh, the young lady Miley Cyrus... Uh, not, I've given her a, a noble title there. <laughs> lady Miley Cyrus. <laughs> you sounded like a master of ceremonies at Buckingham Palace. <laughs> Uh, she's convinced she was staying uh, in an apartment near Harrods uh, mm. and convinced that her family saw a ghost. And uh, she said, I could, I could have sworn I saw a little boy uh, kicking his feet. And the ghost also apparently turned her sister's water to scalding in the shower. Wow. That's time well spent for the ghost, isn't it? 
scalding in the shower. Do you think maybe somebody on a different floor flushed the toilet? That's what happens. And the, <laughs> the, the water I, went hot. I think the whole country is haunted because oh, maybe gets that, Billy don't. Ray, the dad, mm-hmm. because I was I was a big fan of his. He yeah. was some party at the back, business at the front hairdo, wasn't Indeed. he? <laughs> and he, what if he was washing his smalls in his sink elsewhere, you see? Could have been. And uh, Harrods isn't the first shop to have a problem with ghosts, is it? Primark's definitely got poltergeists, hasn't it? Oh, oh. You go in, they've just chucked everything everywhere. No, There's people sweeping in there. <laughs> yeah. Sweeping clothes. because of the do poltergeist. You, do, you, do you believe in ghosts? No. <laughs> That's all right then. Tune in next week. I, I love for... that discussion about ghosts. <laughs> Can I just say though, I, what I like about that ghost is that I love a ghost near Harrods. You do get a better class of ghost in the SW1 area, I find, yes. don't you? Uh, Egyptian Yvette, white cotton. Yvette <laughs> Fielding not allowed anywhere near them. <laughs> Frank. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. I've got a correction to uh, to bring <laughs> to you. <laughs> is it to do with the way you pronounce corrections? <laughs> no, no, we've done that. That's okay. old news, but I'll I'll try and work past it. Uh, Nugget has said, "Sorry to be a pedant, Miss Emily." Frank yawned to Rhapsody in Blue, not Porgy <gasps> and Bess. You have reason. Sorry, yeah. I say that because that's how you literally conjugate it in French. What and is? You have reason instead of you're right. Sorry. To a, to a <laughs> exactly, Steve. Do you not speak French, Al? No. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I was going to say a Category C swear word in French then, but I'm not going to. No, um, oh, OK. I have no So, French. can I just apologise for that profusely? And I know Frank will be listening at home. Well, he won't, because he'll be at Goodison Park as we speak. <laughs> but I'm very sorry for that. Uh, we also I stand cracked. Cracked. <laughs> yes. See, I think that sounds As the corporal fun. would say. We also had a text, big kiss to the DJ, that's me, <laughs> who said he loves a slightly overlapped tooth. I have this and was having an ugly day, but you've made me feel better. That's, oh, that's, that's what I bring. lovely. I'm a genuine ray of sunshine. It surprises me as well, but turns out I am uh, brightening up people's days. uh, Fran in Liverpool agrees with you, saying he's right, you know, the sexiest woman in the world, Jewel Kilcher, has a snaggletooth. I'm going to have to Google... Who's Jewel Kilcher? Oh, don't stop Googling. Do that in your spare time. She's a very airy, fairy singer who kind of, like, talks about, this new album's kind of inspired by ice and fire, and I wrote it in a (laughs) little coffee shop in Alaska. (laughs) She has a book of poetry, Jewel, that is one of the most nauseating things I've ever seen. (laughs) Does she? But she is undeniably pretty. Was she in that flat in Edinburgh with you that time? Because you sound (laughs) like you haven't quite let it go. (laughs) Did you get up to grot with her? Oh. I'm sorry. What, it, it sounds worse. It. it sounds worse you saying it for some reason. I think I liked it. Sounds worse. We sounds worse ghosts. you doing it. <laughs> we were me. innocently talking about ghosts here, yeah. and yes. can I tell you? Specter of Steve's past. Can I tell you what I find extraordinary about ghosts? Yes. Is that. If I had... They've got a lot of time on their hands, in fairness. They do. It's, they don't have a lot on. They could have hobbies, when you exactly. think about it. Exactly. All they do is wander up and downstairs and move things around. Yeah. Destructively. If you're going to move things around, can you not put things away? <laughs> Clean the house. I'd do that. Do me a nice favour. Oh, poltergeist that tidied up would be excellent. I'd the love money that. money you'd save on the cleaner. Well, they do do the same job as a cleaner. They wander up and downstairs and, and just move things around in a bad place. Occasionally break stuff. Should, yeah, exactly. Should, Occasionally. Someone should, someone should come around my place. You might be a poltergeist, but remember, you're also a poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's a good mantra. For, I think ghosts for the undead. <laughs> yes, but they could tidy up. They could do odd jobs. They need to get out more. There's, the, you know, there's a whole world out there. Don't know if they can. Join, do that. join a youth group, lovey. Difficult <laughs> to tell the undead to get a life. Yeah, exactly. That's the exact thing they lack. <laughs> it's often people who say they've seen ghosts. Are often there's a certain type, like people who believe in conspiracy theories. Yes, there's a certain type of person that believes in. A conspiracy. Are you saying they're people that like astrology? Because I think they do tend to be sometimes. Yeah. Would you not agree with that? But Miley Cyrus said there was a little boy watching her when she was having a shower. Yeah, that was a, a, a little strange, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like some cockney urchin just perched on the windowsill having a look. <laughs> yeah. Weird. She said it was, she said, I like what she said about it, she said it was seriously so terrifying. And she said afterwards, which I also found really strange, was that he was kicking his feet up and down and that the windows had been opened. Yeah. Which I found, firstly I thought, well, I, don't, I think if he was kicking his feet up and down, I think that might have been a Justin Bieber because he does get uh, into hotel rooms. Yeah, yeah. He likes a hotel room, just And the me. windows could just be open because somebody had used the bathroom before her, not for a shower, if you know what I mean. Oh, and did someone a fo- I did a Fonzie, you might want to leave it a minute. Someone had had yeah, an achy, exactly. breaky heart. <laughs> <laughs> absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Alan. I was going to call you Al Dog there. You can call me Al. Have a nice nickname. Al Dog, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm already lumbered with the cockerel on us. So okay. Let's not widen it too much. We got cocker leaky, didn't we? Yes, we did, and you didn't like that. Yeah. DJ Allo. DJ Allo, yes. I was fine with. I had that, you know, on my desk. Have we heard from our readers? <laughs> we have. Uh, we've had. Uh, uh, in fact, we never asked for any. Um, have you actually encountered any ghosts? But mm. we've had a text. I have an email in my inbox on my iPhone. Dated 01011970. There is no message, no sender, and the email cannot be accessed, yet it is there in the inbox. Oh, Very love- otherworldly. I love that email. And then it says curiouser and curiouser, and that's from Alice. No, it's not. That's a little Alice in Wonderland. Oh, nice, nice. I love your material. Um, <laughs> I wish it were. <laughs> and we've also had Hi Emily and Gang. Keep up the good work. Frank will be proud. Our Keith. <gasps> Oh, Keith, the text of the show. Do you know, that's made me so happy. Oh, Keith, I'm so happy to hear from you. And, you know, we send you lots of love. Because he's more than a friend of the show. He's a relative of the show. He's an actual relative. For those that are not aware, that's Frank's brother. Yeah. Just, you know, I'd like to welcome new listeners. Widen it out. Um, Steve, you've had a bit of a mare on the food front recently. It's, uh, well, it's, I've been very lucky, you know, you eat some, you know, live in London, get to eat some fabulous food, get to travel the world with the wife, Australian oh, wife, get to yourself. eat some fabulous meals in Australia. So every now and then, you know, the balance of life has to restore itself and you have to have one meal that is so pulsatingly bad <laughs> that it makes you appreciate all other food. I don't know about you, but pulsating's worrying me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's, why. it's pulsating in that that was how undercooked it was. Oh, no. Oh. It was a, a, a So small, where, can we set the, the a, scene? A small restaurant near the Royal Free Hospital. Let's not name it. I won't name it. Name it. No, don't. No. no, no. I'm I, I have already named it on TripAdvisor. <laughs> <laughs> have you actually? I have indeed. 
Oh, Steve, you're so TripAdvisor. Oh, Absolutely furious review I left. <laughs> did you? What did you say? I'd, I'd love to see Steve's TripAdvisor review. <laughs> well, I, I, the main issue, I mean, there were many issues, the undercooked nature of the food being one, the fact that I left most of my lasagna because I'm classy. Undercooked mm. lasagna? Uh, undercooked lasagna. When I pointed it out to the chef, it, it, to, to, when the waiter said why, he sort of questioned why I'd barely touched it. And I said, oh, it's really undercooked. And he went, no, it's not. <gasps> no. Which is a, a challenging thing to to do, uh, but there was also they they had the front sort of window was kind of pulled down. It was like, it was like a partition, so there's the front a small window is fres- pulled down. There's like an alfresco bit. Oh, yeah. oh okay. But with the the frontis bit, the frontis mm. piece of the shop open, uh-huh. and so people could smoke outside. But then, as a result, all their smoke was then blowing into the restaurant. Oh, no. Oh, fairly, they, do you know what, unpleasant. Al? They sound like guitar players to me, those <laughs> smokers. Yeah, probably. Well, as we left the restaurant, it then emerged, uh, because he he bid us farewell, that the, the, the holding court at the the most smoky of the smoking tables was the owner of the restaurant, uh, who had been directly contributing to the... Uh, He's to become the, your the sort of arch nemesis, this man. It was just one of those things we'd we'd passed it on the you know and we thought oh, well let's try it on the off chance and Did then you have my a starter was we it had just the lasagna that was uh, the starter was acceptable but uh, <laughs> I'm okay. literally quoting from my TripAdvisor yes. review. <laughs> uh, but um, Did my you use your own name uh, on the TripAdvisor review. No, we've, we've used. Is it something like Furious of Tunbridge Wells? Because well, I, I use my eBay username is Functional Human. Right. Which, oh. which I've had compliments for on eBay. I think I've complimented you for it in <laughs> life, indeed. <laughs> but I think I've, I think I've masked. I think my we identity. should. We can do with a bit of deep googling. We can find this. Yes. But I also I got my main twenty minutes before my wife did. Oh, you got that's your main. Annoying. It was horse awesome meat. <laughs> at, at the end of the day, I was still too polite to actually properly complain. That is uh, not good. And I paid the tip. I paid. No. I paid the service Did charge. Did you tip? I'm a slow. Well, they, they'd automatically included the service charge, oh, and no. it was just. But I felt like uh, there's a, there's a bit in your stand up where where you've referred to the tax that life can sometimes yeah. levy on you. Yeah, uh, and I felt twit tax. In, indeed, <laughs> no, I felt like that was one such moment. It was kind of, you know, I'd been hubristic before yeah. before life and i'd had some lovely meals so this so was what no so you but it was a very what you did was get your revenge afterwards and i like that in you you didn't say yes. it to their face but you've besmirched their name on uh, on internet yeah. and, and actually this has been very therapeutic <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks help. thanks guys see that's a bugbear of mine that the two meals came out at different time i think that this is going to sound contrary but the mm. best bad meal you can get is where there's a massive delay on the food the starters and the mains, and so you just drink loads and loads of wine before your meal arrives, and then you're drunk, so you don't realise how bad the meal is. That's the best. That's worst, it, yeah. Club 1830s it's the best over worst here. case scenario, wasn't du- it? Dutch courage for yeah, the exactly. uh, can I, I mean, I've had I... that version of bad meals several <laughs> times and quite enjoyed it, weirdly. <laughs> but... Can I wander perhaps into the arena of unwise honesty? I sometimes order food I don't like, because then, mm-hmm. then I know... I might eat a bit less. <laughs> <laughs> this is Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. We're talking about disgusting meals on Absolute Radio <laughs> this morning. It turns out Steve Hall had a mare last week with uh, a rogue lasagna. Is that yeah, what it well, was? I think there was literally a mare in there. <laughs> In the yeah. sense of a female horse. They can't even justify it on grounds of cooking, though. Like, sometimes you can have like say oh 
my carrots are a bit underdone. And they say, well, that's how you're meant to do carrots, really. Everybody else overcooks them. But you're meant to cook lasagna properly. I like properly. my carrots yeah, yeah. are a bit underdone. I must, I must make I mean? a note of learning that in at least seven languages. I think that come in useful. Or, um, or steak. You could sort of say, well, it's meant to be, yeah. you know, twitching. But lasagna, yeah, nobody know, wants so, rare lasagna. Yeah. My, <laughs> my brother-in-law once had a massive argument. They served, there's, these, there's a way of serving eggs where it's just they're cooked at 62 degrees. But it's meant to be done for ages right. so that they're very delicate uh, and evidently this this they just weren't cooked so they clearly cooked them at 62 degrees for a small amount of time right so so technically <laughs> that what they were stating on their menu was correct oh, but they were just he was basically served raw eggs i but think I, the worst meal i ever had well i've had two bad ones um in your life yeah two really That's, awful ones oh okay i had once i was having dinner with the chairman of bp <laughs> Um, I was a child, I was nine, and I'd been asked the day before, I think because I was a child, mm -hmm. the, the mother had rung ahead and had said, uh, do you like liver? And I said, do you like larynx? No, I felt like saying that, it's an extraordinary question. I said, um, I love liver. No, at nine I years old, you it. pretended to like liver, yeah. you faced it out. Yeah, I, I didn't even know what liver was, I didn't know, I went, I love it, darling, I love it. You know that thing, show me the boy at seven and I'll show you the man. Yeah. I'm now having that moment with the girl at nine. <laughs> and then, of course, the day came, Oh. the china came out, the crystal glasses, had a little bit of water with wine, we used to do that. <laughs> and I know it's, not, it's, it's frowned upon now. Um, and as I had the liver, I thought I was going to cry. I went, oh, oh, stuck in my throat. I'd never, I'd never had anything that disgusting. Oh. The woman remonstrated with me. She said, I thought you said you liked liver. I said it was a different liver. <laughs> I actually point. said that. Which I thought was quite a good comeback. Not all livers are the same liver, are they? Exactly. Yeah. It's a similar thing for the, the young Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> First time he was served a human liver. Yeah. Didn't go down well at and all. And it fits in with the modern phrase, doesn't it? YOLO, you only live once. No, no. <laughs> oh, lovely work, Helen. Thanks very much. Have Thank you, you had any food. horrible meals? I, I think um, I've had several horrible meals, but I, I think uh, I'd almost prefer good food with slightly bad service to amazing food with that cloying service where they... You know, where they really follow you about, is everything okay? You know, there's an Indian restaurant near me, and... They're so friendly that it slightly puts me off going. Yeah. I mean, we don't really have to go anymore because one of the staff's come home with us. He just follows us about <laughs> making sure we're fine. You know that thing where, is everything all right? I just, I'd rather they just, you know when the food's great and they just chuck it at you like, yeah, we know how yeah. this is. <laughs> Our food does the talking. I'd rather have that. I went in my cafe, there's a cafe around the corner from me the other day and I went in at half three and, uh, and he went, oh, I've shut the kitchen. <laughs> And I went, you know you're a cafe, don't you? You're <laughs> yeah. aware of what it is that you do. And he'd sent all the staff home, so I had to have drinks. That's not good, is it? No, I think that's absolutely appalling. That's the worst of it. We we had a text entitled Lies. This is what happens, isn't it? I, I thought I was discussing honesty and my honesty on... <laughs> and then you no. realised you were sharing a studio with me. People have taken it and ran with it. Uh, work colleague claimed to have a 20-piece drum kit in his conservatory at home, had to go to his house one day and soon discovered he didn't even have a conservatory. <laughs> well done. Paul? I like him. I like the sound of Paul. Yeah. Did we have a tweet as well? Uh, we had a nice tweet from Amy, n not on the subject of lies, but she's just said, loving the show today, making my economics revision much more bearable. Oh, now uh, we've read out praise. I didn't know it was that praise. But, 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 can but I it's just also apologize? criticism, because... Uh, 
Because yes. Alan was I, I have Alan a theory was... that you shouldn't really revise whilst um, listening to the radio because voices distract you, whereas music that you know well, you can kind of concentrate on the work in hand. Not that I want to lose a well, listener. Is that right? I'm not. I don't want the radar figures to plunge well, through the roof. I'll stop plunge listening to. Uh, I'll stop listening. Yeah, that's a curious metaphor you employed there. <laughs> plunge through the roof. <laughs> There's many reasons to not listen to this show, and one of them is your economics homework, and the other is my mixed metaphor. So don't listen to music when you're trying to. I do listen to music. Oh, I believe, but we'll probably have people. My, I'm a terrible. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to get out was... of here, and I'm going to put that thong song on again. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. In fact, we. Uh, we did have an email. Um, uh, hey, Frank, DME and the Cockerel, long-time listener of the podcast, first-time writer. I'm currently revising for my higher exams whilst making my way through the pre-Alan Cochrane shows. So We're hires, like, uh, what are these, please? They're, they're sort of a bit lower than are an they A-level. A-levels? They're Scottish. Okay. Um, I was wondering how well you guys did in your exams and if they are actually important uh, from 133. I would say um, I did... Terribly considering did my what did you get? Come powering on, let's, let's go around this <laughs> damn room and um, find out. Alan Cochrane, what A to C passes at GCSE? Just I think give I us got, it all. I think I got four or three. Four GCSEs. Yeah. <laughs> Wowza! When I say I did badly, I'm not. I'm not a A reckon. levels. Uh, no, I did okay in A level. Grades three or four. Um, no, but what are the grades? <laughs> B and... You're taking too long. Next. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Hall. Uh, Steve's an academic well, achievement. Uh, Steve, crowing, I think Steve but... went to Oxford and Cambridge. No, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I call it, Oxford like, and Cambridge. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Got, we, this, is, this is very arrogant, what this is. This is basically going to be me showing off on a low level. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I went... Are you not meant to do that? You sound like it's a bad thing. That's what I do uh-huh. all the time. <laughs> okay, GCSEs, okay. Uh, please. Uh, eight A's and one C. What was uh, the scene? In biology, the only science oh. I took, I couldn't stand it. <laughs> Dr. Swan, you are a fool. Uh, okay. A-levels? A-levels, I got uh, two. Uh, a in history, A in Latin, uh, <laughs> B in English, and a C in religious studies. And I also oh. got an S-level in English. Oh, uh, Steve. Uh, I got a merit, which is like, you can get... That's a, a cigarette, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well done. And then you did Oxford and Cambridge. Yeah, and uh, that we brush over that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fairly, so impressed. That was fairly disastrous. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's satisfying. And can, can we ask um, this, this lady's question of uh, what... Do you think they matter? Do you think they matter? I like the fact that you have pointedly not asked me how I did. Because you're worried I might have done a little bit too well. Because why else would I have asked the question? No, I don't mind how you did. I didn't do that well, actually. How did you do? Well, not with Steve in the room. I sit somewhere between you two, between the two stools. You do? Um, HECSEs. But one did include oral English. I'm not quite sure. I just had to say, hello, how are you? Very well. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) Who does oral English? Nancy Delolio. It's extraordinary. (laughs) And then my A-levels, two A's and a B. Mm -hmm. Stormed it. Well, not really. No, back in the day, that was good. (laughs) Three A's. Oh, not really, says GCSE woodwork failure. I didn't didn't get woodwork. I didn't even try. I mean... Uh, yeah, but was, you, you went uh, to a nice drama school, though, didn't you? Yeah, I was a bad student. Though I'm just not a very good scholar. I don't retain data. But I would say to uh, are you no good at data retention? I'm no good at data retention. I would say to one three three that uh, I don't think they matter that much. I still am of the opinion people that, that do badly meet, always say that. If I meet a person, I'm more likely to judge their table manners than their GCSE results. That's my feeling on life. 
I love that sentiment. <laughs> Frank. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Are we still in email corner? We, we could, are. Uh, sashay back there yeah. if we are. If we Shall we shantay back there? Yeah. We've had a, uh, an email from Alison Moulds, uh, who writes, uh, Hi, Frank, Emily and Alan. Uh, and, she, and she puts in brackets for Alan, tickets still available at Hull. Yes. So she's uh, plugging away for you there, Al. And I like <laughs> the fact that she's put, although I've seen you several times, someone's buying them. I like that. Mm. It's almost as if she's saying, just me then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fan stroke stalker. She has been sat amongst other people, I should point out. <laughs> Mm. She says, uh, listening to last week's society membership stories, I was reminded of the time when I enrolled into the Star Trek fan club. I received a welcome pack including badges, etc., then a monthly magazine addressed to Ensign Moulds, much to my <laughs> husband's chagrin and mock. I was in my 30s when I decided to join, but soon realised it may have been designed for a much younger ensemble. Oh. Shortly after, the magazine stopped publication, and so after 30 years waiting to join, I was dumped after nine months, maybe just as well. Oh, Alison. My heart goes out to her, but it has made me realise there's perhaps a gap in the market for an Alan Cochran fan club with some <laughs> small badges or... In fact, I, let's be honest, I've got free time during the week. I could, yeah. do, I could do stuff for my fans. Why like, don't it could you? Be a, like if you want me to research car insurance quotes mm. for you or... <laughs> Yeah. Well, this, this launches today, the Alan Cochrane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Al Alco. Yeah. This starts here and now. Yeah. Alco. Can might, I just say I like Ensign Moulds. Yeah. I like that only the Star Trek fan club could misread a name like Alison as Ensign. <laughs> give it a sort of sci fi spin. I got post attached once addressed to instead of Emily Dean, how wrong can you go? You can't go at all wrong. You you'd be incorrect. Incorrect. Because they sent it to Emma hyphen Lee Dean. Emma Lee Dean. Like, oh, there's some name. strange country and western singer. It's extraordinary. I enjoyed your uh, country and western albums. There was a, there's a, is it Emma, Emmy the Great is Emma Lee Moss. It's oh, is better, that as right? in Emma hyphen Lee, I think. Oh, there you go. That's so, good. So, uh, Thanks for that. Well, I knew yeah. Steve would know that. Do you know why? He went to Oxford and Cambridge. Yeah, he did well. He studied hard. Hi, Frank and the gang. I've <laughs> just been catching up on the shows that I've missed, and one of them you were talking about when and how often you should get suits cleaned. It got me thinking. I bought my first and still only suit when I was 15, and now I'm 31. The suit Aww. has seen six funerals, ten weddings and countless interviews, and to this day it has never been washed or dry cleaned. I always just hang it up and Febreze it before putting it away for the next death slash marriage. That suit must be minging. But oh. it's also, Congratulations. He's had it I for would like to years. shake his hand, but I don't want to get that close. No, exactly. <laughs> that's that's going to be a mid-90s suit. Yeah. So it's going to look yes. a little bit like what Liverpool wore to the 96 <laughs> FA Cup. <laughs> a bit Spice Boys. Do you yeah, know that's what? not appropriate for a funeral, is it? <laughs> yeah. That suit, that's seen more action than Hugo Chavez's red shirt. He never took that off either. And that's, rest from, uh, that's from Egon Belmonte. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago we were talking about people who, who used to be called, oh, Peter from Peterborough. Or mm, mm. Is Lancaster. he from Del Monte, then? It's the man from <laughs> Belmonte, isn't it? <laughs> Egan Belmonte, it sounds a bit like a pseudonym. I think that's a bit made up. It's a great made-up name if uh, if it's not Can I say, though, name. six funerals, ten weddings and countless job interviews, I think that's too much. That Surely. was the original draft of that um, film, wasn't Unless it? he's a hitman and the job interviews are directly related to the funerals. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, well. Well, boys, it's been so nice being with you today. I think that's kind of all we've got time for. The producer's waving things in front of my eyes, mm-hmm. which look like it's time to wrap up. So thank you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. Thank we've you. missed you, Frank, today, and we love you. And listen, I can't wait to hear all your stories about Pete Doherty and Macaulay, and I hope you had a great time. Um, be seeing you. This is Frank Skinner. Absolutely.